no one thought we would make it back to these hollowed grounds of the San Diego Supersonics, including myself. Um, but we're here, season two. Um, so where we left off with Gus is, you know, he had himself one of those can chem and any fueled nights. Ended up in the big house. But he ended up in the biggest of big houses. Guantanamo Bay. Right in the middle, right when the Sonics were about to take off. Uh, you know, his son, Corey, is getting him firing on all cylinders using that... <laughs> using that that uh, Israeli defense forces <laughs> prowess. Um, and, uh, yeah, so now, now we're, we're kind of left with Gus sitting in a cell in Gitmo. Um, little bit of housekeeping. So this season of Gus Biblowitz, basketball legend, takes place loosely around the NBA season last year, right? So right in the kind of in the middle, in the midst of kind of everything that went on in, in 2020. Um, so that's kind of where, where we're leaving Gus. Um, I, I, I don't think people listen to this podcast for the really uh, tight timelines and uh, continuity, but uh, we'll, we'll give it a shot there. Um, other news, you know, kind of why this, this second season took so long. Uh, first, I, I had a baby. Uh, she's she's doing great, um, but, you know, babies uh, take up a lot of your time. Uh, but I also uh, wrote a book. Um, so there's a book coming out this summer. Uh, it's being published by Humorous Books. Um, it's coming out August 10th, roughly around there. Um, so on this feed, I will be plugging the shit out of that um, and because I want everyone to go buy it. Um, and there's also going to be an audio book. Um, my, my biggest selling point is if you like Gus, you're going to love Greg Maxwell because uh, he is also a massive piece of shit. Um, it's the only character I know how to write. Um, so that's, that's kind of where where I've been these past few, oh god, is it fucking years? Um, anyways, so around the time when the book comes out, I'll be kind of releasing little audio clips from Greg Maxwell, uh, give you links for where to buy it, where to buy it for all your friends, uh, and you know, without, uh, without further ado, let's get to chapter one. Season two for Gus Biblowitz, basketball legend. It's been a solid month. Prison changes a man. You don't know where your cock ends and another one begins. Sure, you could study the veins and the size of the shaft to make an educated guess. But if you guess wrong in prison, it could mean your life. And this ain't no five-star country club San Quentin shit. This is Gitmo, Guantanamo Bay. We don't have gangbangers and serial killers. We have no shit play-for-keeps terrorists. Or guys who might be terrorists. 
or guys we have confirmed are not terrorists and are just here because of red tape. Then there's me, Gus, a has-been, a wash-up, a drug addict, a medically compromised Jewish American, a high tenor in the Gitmo choir. There's a million things I am and there's one thing I'm not, a basketball player. No. Once I landed my fat ass in Gitmo, I hung up my basketball shoes for good. I got into terrorism right away. Even though I'm no ball player, I have a natural competitive drive. And being part of a terrorist group certainly scratches that itch. If you look at terrorism in the abstract, it's a group of guys trying to get something done. I think we can all get behind that. Gitmo makes terrorism hard. If that's what they were going for, mission accomplished. We are constantly being watched. They don't let us have any weapons. The best terrorist attack we coordinated was a series of seagull noises that made the guards think that there was a seagull nearby. I tried asking a guard if he would either give me his gun or, if he didn't feel comfortable with that, he could keep his gun and commit terrorist attacks on my behalf. He didn't say he wouldn't, but he did waterboard me for a full hour. So with our hands tied, most of being in a terrorist group at Gitmo is sitting around and talking about why we are terrorists. You would think that a group of guys sitting around talking shit would be a blast. But these guys are different. First, don't even think about soaking your sock in fermented piss and shit and sucking on it around these guys. Everyone is sober. And you have to be sober, too. Sober is not brunch drunk. Sober is sober. Next, it's not suggested. It's assumed that you have read the Quran. And your interpretation of the text better be identical to the boys around you. Like, if you consider yourself to have a fairly conservative take on the Quran, baby, it's not conservative enough. What is conservative enough? When you firmly believe that everyone who doesn't agree with you should be killed, you are getting close. Last, a group of guys talking normally gets to be about talking sex, talking fuck, talking bone shop. Guess who doesn't like talking about this stuff? Yeah, Islamic terrorist groups. If you want to play fuck, marry, kill, every kill answer is the same. You can't say you would fuck anyone, and for Mary, you can only say conservative Muslim women. These terrorists are a bunch of fucking nerds. Needless to say, I had to leave the group. Hard thing to do. No one really walks away from terrorist groups. But let's face it, I'm 7 foot, 300 pounds, and have an unmedicated chemical imbalance. I grabbed one of these guys and crumpled his legs like a burrito bag. Sorry. Gus is clocking out. Still gotta pass the time, though. Aside from three meals, choir practice, and bedtime, the days remain fairly unstructured. You gotta do the time. Once I left the terrorist group, I made it a mission to really dive into something fun. I saw on YouTube a few years back a bunch of white people doing a song with a cup. They would slap the cup around and sing this song, and fuck, if that didn't look like a good time. So I put in a request for a plastic cup. It got denied, so I stole someone's Invisalign container. 
I learned that cup song in a clean two hours. I checked in with the guard on how much more time I had in Gitmo, and he said it was a life sentence. So, I decided to get into Valium. What's great about Valium is that everything goes numb and you get to drift away from your own existence. A life hack I learned is that Valium goes a lot farther on an empty stomach. Within a few weeks, I had that cool Hollywood beach body. You know, the one those washed up child actors have before they kill themselves? The only thing I couldn't shake were my love handles. I paid a guard to do a Google search for me and finally there's a little luck for old Gus. Curves are in. <laughs> of course, none of this is sitting well with my nameless grandson, who was shipped in here to bust me out. I made it hard. He cut some deals and stuck his neck out to get a series of underground tunnels built that led out to the Cuban side of the island. Great tunnels. I like these tunnels so much that I decided to charge the military folks to use the tunnels so they could get a little off-base sex, drug, and rock and roll time. This is not what my grandson had in mind, but I was making money hand over fist. I even got to use the tunnels from time to time to get a little drug, sex, and rock and roll time of my own. It must have fucking killed my grandson to see me use the tunnel have sex and cocaine for a clean two hours, then go back through the tunnel to make sure I was back in prison for breakfast. He learned pretty quickly that I was going nowhere. Old, hung bulls like me belong in Gitmo. You may think we need 48 minutes on the hardwood in front of adoring fans, but what sick fucks like me need is a controversial U.S. military prison. But he seems to be doing okay. On the record, he is a model inmate. Just a regular child doing a hard time. Off the record, he is making some respectable coin murdering prisoners. He's a child, so all his hit money goes to Nintendo Switch stuff. But if you scroll through his collection of games and in-game purchases, you can tell he is murdering plenty of people. So everyone is kind of settling in and going through the motions. Everything is pretty chill. But at the present moment, like... Currently, like right now, I am having a very bad day. I am watching Uthman Abdul Rahim Mohammed Uthman saw through my thumb with a spoon-fork-knife combo from the cafeteria. So remember how a few seconds ago I said everything is kind of settling in and going through the motions and that everything is pretty chill? That was a good old Gus half-truth. Sure, I'm settling in. I'm going through the motions, but if both of those things are true, nothing could ever be chill. I'm a self-sabotaging bad boy. Once I started my tunnel business, I got a taste for money. Action. Mischief. Pussy. First it was gambling. Sports gambling. And I thought I had myself a pretty foolproof racket. See, a lot of these terrorists don't watch a lot of basketball. They are cricket or lacrosse guys. So they don't really know the ins and outs of who is currently playing. So my thought was this. Get a bunch of games on VHS, convert them to DVD, which is a fun project in and of itself, and pretend these games were live games. I could set favorable lines, let some of these terrorists win a few games to get their confidence up. 
Then when the time is right, I fucking rake in. But the first problem I ran into turned out to not be much of a problem. These terrorists would be watching a game I popped into the hidden DVD player, and every so often a Jewish American center from BYU would walk into the center position and do the tip-off. I assumed I was fucking toast, but these terrorists thought nothing of it. Even when they read the back of the jersey and saw it was my name, they weren't suspicious. I thought maybe they were waiting until the game was over to kill me for my deceit. But it all became clear when Moath Alawi turned around in the beanbag he was sitting on and said, It must embarrass you that a talented, athletic Gus Biblowitz exists. He also said, I can tell by the outline of his shorts that he is a true man, and that he must also make you sad, because I can see by the outline of your shorts that you are not. I wanted to say that belly fat can sometimes make your dick look smaller, and that he was looking at the same penis just decades apart, but that would give me up. So instead I said, I'm going to make a tinkle. You boys watch your game. And I went to the bathroom and cried my fucking eyes out. First problem, taken care of. The second problem was the one that did me in. I thought by choosing games in the past, as well as the games I played in, I could set the lines just right. Turns out, I have no memory of these basketball games. I'm more of a feel guy, not a memory guy. I actually forgot there was a team in Vancouver at one point, and that I had an MVP season there. One day, I'd like to get on the internet and really pin down what I did in the game of basketball, along with the general history of the game. I think I'd find some interesting stories and have a few laughs along the way. In the meantime, I was getting fucking pummeled. I had to go off my basketball intellect to set the lines. Turns out, these terrorists picked up the game fast, and their intellect was dicking my intellect down hard. So I was in the red bad with some of the toughest terrorists in the world. Although they really couldn't do anything to me in here, they still had connections outside of Gitmo. I keep getting reminders in life that it pays to network. Pretty soon, I was getting pictures of my family and friends being followed, along with letters saying that they would be killed if I didn't pay up. It was too hard to determine if they would kill the ones I was okay with them killing and keep everyone else alive, so I worked on my next money-making scheme. Any other place with any other people, I would dive headfirst into slinging pussy dick and buttholes, but that wasn't going to fly. I would have very few customers. In fact, I would probably have some serious enemies. I had to zag on my instincts. I had to get into producing musicals. The conservative play would be to get the rights to Grease, use less of the Broadway songs that suck, go with the movie plot, and hit a solid double. Sure, I wouldn't be raking it in, but I'd have enough to cover debts. I could then pump out a Guys and Dolls, maybe a Music Man. In three, four years, I might get rent on the stage, maybe do some off-Broadway stuff. But I don't hit doubles. I do steroids and hit dingers. First play had to be Spider-Man. Turn off the dark. Expensive. Dangerous. Historically, not good but I knew the ingredient that was missing. Me. Turn off the dark is expensive, so I had to get funding. Once again, I had to turn to my terrorist inmates. I went from four-figure bookie debts 
to three million in the hole. It had to pay off. It didn't, though. It went really, really bad. First off, I couldn't get any Broadway actors to audition. They all decided to go offer only. And I'm sorry, I don't care where I'm putting up this show. You audition. You did Touring Company, Book of Mormon? Great. I've got guys in here who had a hand in planning 9-11. You're auditioning, bitch. So I had to cast inmates who had no concept of Spider-Man, Bono, or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Then I had to teach the music and choreograph everything myself. I'm not much of a composer, but it felt good to dance again. I got so wrapped up in telling a story through the human body that I mismanaged the production entirely. We didn't get on the set until dress rehearsal, and even then, we didn't get to test out the rigs. The mismanagement backfired. We set the record for deaths within a Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark production. It was three hours of beautiful dancing, followed by performers crying as they were hooked up to the rig that would eventually kill them. At one point, Bono held a concert to support the initiative of getting me to stop with the production. Please, you think I'm going to let fucking Bono walk me off the ledge? The show must go on, and it will go on in spite of Bono. The terrorists at Guantanamo did not feel that way. They saw my production mowing down a significant amount of their members. The prison staff at Gitmo was in awe of how effective Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark was at killing inmates. And it was all legal. Ticket sales were a disaster. Multiple inmates died. Bono made a song about me. And my debts increased by multiple orders of magnitude. So yeah, they are sawing off my thumb and I get it. But I want to keep my thumb. Thumbs are great for when you want to do that prank. When someone goes to sit in a chair and you stick out your thumb and they sit on your thumb... Then you can say, my thumb went in your butthole, and you liked it. And then after that, it's your word against theirs. All of that goes out the window without a thumb. I'm on a cocktail of pills and apple cider vinegar, so I feel numb and great. The sawing is not bothering me. Also, I'm an NBA lifer. I've seen thumb sawing, teeth grinding, tickle fetish parties, pee hole duplicating, I forgot more about torture than this middle manager terrorist has ever known. I pull a move I learned off of John Starks after I tried to saw off his finger over some Y2K shit. Bite your own finger off. Why? If you bite your own finger off, you control where the bitten off finger ends up. Then, you could sew it back on. The move takes the power away from the cutter. It says, yes, my thumb is not where it should be, but it is with me. I bite my thumb clean off. Wrong thumb. I bite the correct thumb off. I've got both thumbs in my cheeks. Uthman Abdul Rahim Mohammed Uthman says, Well, now I'll just shoot you in the head. And he pulls out a gun. Wow. I've asked for a gun every single day I've been here. And I've been told we can't have guns. And this guy ends up with a gun? Hard to not be super depressed about this. He says, if I don't come up with a good idea to rake in three million, he's going to blow my head off right now. I call bullshit. I tell him, I know you didn't run this little move up the chain. Let's all take a breath and circle back in the morning. We also don't know what the Spider-Man show is going to look like on the road. It could be a hit. I'm not sure how we get the Spider-Man show on the road, but it sounds like a nice idea. 
Just a group of guys touring the country, putting on a show. It's moments like this where I really see the limitations of being in Gitmo. Uthman Abdul Rahim Mohammed Uthman does not get to respond. Bam! Makeshift poison dart to the forehead. Right behind that forehead is the brain. He's dead before he hits the ground. My masculine grandson comes out of nowhere and snatches up the body. He bags it, hides it, and cleans up the mess. I still have my thumbs in my mouth. My grandson looks at my nubs. He holds out his hands. I spit my thumbs into his hands. He takes my thumbs and sews me back up. Did you hear Bono's song about Grandpa? I ask him. I don't care about your stupid show, he responds. They're going to kill you tomorrow. Every person in here has orders. The guards have been paid off. The cameras will go black at noon. That's when they will come to your cell and kill you. The guards won't turn on me. I gave them eight inches of Havana. That's what I call my sex thing in Havana. I call it eight inches of Havana because your penis will be eight inches. I'm not implying that you are going to get eight inches of someone else's penis. I'll say it now. The name is confusing and not worth it. I spent an insane amount of time explaining what happens when you get to the end of the tunnel. Lost some business. Gained some business that I wasn't prepared for. But to set the record straight, the eight inches of penis is your own penis. You do not go in the tunnel to get fucked by a guy. Unless you want that. And if you want that, I can't say for certain their penis will be eight inches. But I've got bigger issues. Looks like Gitmo is not being loyal and cool to good old Gus. Everything I have done for the people of Gitmo has been forgotten. Do you have any more taped basketball games? You could make a big bet. I like the idea, kid, but I'm out of tapes. We'd have to do a live game, which is risky. We can't do that. Sure we can. I got you those satellite parts so you could keep up with the final season of Tosh.0. No, there is no basketball. No games. Everyone is sick. Sick of playing basketball? Can't say I'm surprised. What everyone should be doing are escape rooms. Every room is different, and it takes real teamwork to get it done. And it's one hour, tops. There is a virus. Global disaster. All sports leagues are shut down. Basketball is near the playoffs, but doesn't know where to play. Oh, fuck. There are moments in your life when you are looking down the barrel of a gun, and you know that if this gun doesn't kill me, a bunch of other guns will. You're making a goulash of shit and piss in your fruit of the looms, and everyone can smell it. Then there are other times. Times when fear, death, and commerce pull their dicks out, and you just happen to be close enough to suck all three of them. You're not just close enough. You're built for it. Get me a phone, I tell my grandson. I'm gonna need it for phone calls. <laughs> <laughs>